Hello, hello there. Welcome to the Passion for Wrestling podcast. I am the man of a thousand four holds, aka Jameson. I will be your host this evening as Slug has prior engagement. Psych! Psych, baby! Don't you turn that dial! Daddy's here, okay? For those of you that don't know, it is the reigning, defending, two-time IWC Universal Champion Slug. Oh, yeah. Joining me on the podcast today is my best friend, as per usual, Anarchist, a.k.a. OC. Anarchist, have you seen a better body on a specimen? I actually haven't. And that's not me being biased because you're my bestie. That That's just uh, an accurate observation of that finely chiseled body. That, that is, is, is the correct answer. It's a body of a god. But, you know, we'll move on from that. I am a fair and I am a just god for the people. <laughs> and you can carve cheese off these pecs, baby. <laughs> also joining us on the podcast today is Shockmaster, a.k.a. Shock. Shock. Who was the better singer? Was it Whitney Houston? Or was it Patti LaBelle? Um, I'm going to go Whitney Houston. That's you are so wrong that. here. Jesus. Wow. I'm sorry to all of our good fans out there. We, Patti, we show you love. She's a, she, an avid listener of the podcast, and I apologize for that, Patty. Other than that blatant disrespect, there are several other things you can expect on this podcast today. We will be touching on the pay-per-view that is coming to you all tonight, because surely you've all gone out and subscribed to the WWE Network, only $9.99 a month. But we will be touching on Elimination Chamber briefly. Uh, Superstar Shake-Up, there are rumors involving AJ Styles and Seth Rollins that we will be informing you you all on. Uh, Also, a bit of Hall of Fame talk. More drama developing in NXT involving another up-and-coming star, as well as more New Japan talk for all of our gaijins out there. (laughs) As well as our current advertiser for the podcast. Now, if you missed last episode, we have an official advertiser for the Passion for Wrestling podcast, and they are KonaLeashes.com. KonaLeashes, Kona. K-O-N-A-L-E-A-S-H-E-S dot com. They have all of your pet needs. These leashes that they make for dogs are graded for mountain climbing. They are seriously strong. So in case you need a super strong leash to pull your dog, or maybe it's that special night at home and you need something extra strong to tie that wife up of yours, huh? Kona Leashes has everything for you. Use promo code KL20 at checkout for 20% off your total. KL20 at checkout. And we thank them for all that they have done for us and all that we will continue to do for them. Every purchase that you make gets one pound of dog food donated to a shelter in need. Their last donation was over 600 pounds of dog food to shelters across the entire United States. And that is something that touches my heart deeply. And I would like to see that number jump up to possibly 1,200 next time. So let's go out there. Let's buy some products, let's use those promo codes, and let's walk them dogs, baby. And let's get on with this podcast. OC, go ahead and let these people know what the first topic of the day is. 
Lovely. Thanks ever so much. How? Just quickly, how are you, Slug? You all right? You know I am doing fantastic. These fantastic drugs and steroids that came in from Sweden this morning are flowing so nice through these veins. And let me tell you, if anybody wants to step up and knock this puppy off its pedestal, I'm right here barking. Woof, woof! You don't want it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're okay. Just a quick disclaimer. Passion for wrestling is almost drug-free. Um, we're, we're fairly close. <laughs> we're working on it, but um, we'll keep you updated with our progress. But thanks for that lovely intro, hey, Slug. Not uh, steroid-free, though, baby. I'll admit that. They're <laughs> flowing. But just quickly wanted to touch on Elimination Chamber as our first subject. We uh, did our first podcast prediction this week, which is live, if you guys want to subscribe to the uh, Passion for Wrestling podcast. But in that podcast, we briefly mentioned that we were expecting the pre-show to involve the club taking on the revival and uh, the bar taking on Titus Worldwide. There, there's been a slight adjustment to that. Um, WWE have thrown a little curveball out, and it's actually going to be the club taking on the Miztourage, which is Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. A bit of a swerve, wasn't seeing it coming, um, especially considering there hasn't been much in the way of a story developed between these two tag teams, um, but potentially could put on a really good match. I'm, I'm a big fan of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel as a tag team. I think they've done some fantastic work as the Miztourage. I think they've played that role very well. But just so that we can make sure that we're addressing all the matches and getting our predictions out there, I'm sure this is going to come out after the pay-per-view has come out, but let's just make sure we cover all bases. But what do you two think is going to happen in that match, which we haven't spoken about yet? Let's let's start with Shock. What, who do you see coming out on that one? Um... I mean, I went with the the, uh, the club or the Balor Club for for my prediction over the revival, and a hundred percent go for it over Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Um, I agree with what you said. I think they've done some excellent work uh, as the Misdaraj, and I'm a huge Curtis Axel fan. Um, but yeah, they, I think they are kind of glorified jobbers, and I think this might be uh, the hinting or the start of a rivalry for the Miz and Finn Balor um, towards WrestleMania. So I think that's why it's kind of been put in there. Yeah. The odds still club. I think it's a club easily. Yeah, I agree. Um, certainly seems like they're trying to plant that seed ready for Mania. But Slug, what about you, mate? Yeah, I would agree that they are definitely trying to uh, move the storyline towards a Miz Balor storyline, which I'm totally cool with. I think that they could have a great program together. I think it was Jameson, who is not the host of this podcast, as you all have heard. But I think it was him that said it last time on the prediction podcast or the one before that, that uh, that this was what his thought was going to happen, that Finn was going to face Miz eventually at WrestleMania for the title. Um, as far as who wins this match, I think it'll be the Balor Club, although I would like to see it be a competitive match between the two teams, as I also really like Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas together. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Oh, look who's joined us. It is... <laughs> ladies the ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce the one, the only, the sensual lover himself, Robbie Seckots. Rob! <laughs> How's it going? I was, 
You're throwing me for a loop here, man. What's go? Where am I? What's up? <laughs> How's it going? You alright? Hey, well, we're, we're all alright now, bud. Good, good. You've been greatly missed these last couple of weeks, my friends. Greatly I'm sorry. missed. Greatly missed. <laughs> I'm glad to see you back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we had we had suspicions that Mr. Sackots was going to be joining us this evening, but you've got it here and now. <laughs> He's with us. Glad to have you coming in. Just get you involved from the right go. Uh, we're just talking about the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view match. We did our production <laughs> video, which is obviously um, live on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes at the moment, plus anywhere else you can get your podcasts. But on that podcast, we explained that we thought we were going to see the club taking on the revival. That's how now had a last-minute adjustment to the club taking on um, the Miztourage. Yep. In terms of um, who you think is going to come out on top, do you want to just give us a little insight into the magical brain that is Sekots? Also, thank you over, for the Swedish over that match or overall. Just on that match, like where do you see that one going, really? Um, I, I think it's going to be a feel, uh, dirty finish. I don't think it's going to be clean. Yeah, and who do you think uh, is going to go over? The revival, I reckon. Oh, it's not the revival, mate. It's uh, the club, and it is the Miztourage. Oh right, my bad. Um, it'll probably be the Miztourage then. If anything, uh, if it, the the it's, it's got to be. It's going to be like a dirty finish or a dodgy finish, and then that's that's the way it'll loop in because you build them up. Dirty and dodgy. That sounds like my it, kind of. Party. It's going to have to because I mean, <laughs> put it this way, if if they win clean, then it shows. And I reckon it'll be Axel that will take the pin. Uh, if they win clean, then it will show that there's going to be a build for Finn. So if that's the case, then um, and they're building for Finn to maybe take the IC because of obviously the Miz and the pregnancy and stuff. Um, I, yeah, I reckon it will be dodgy finish, which leads on to a one-on-one match between them two. So it'll be Miz and Finn. Okay. I mean, I I kind of agree that it's going to lead to a mania match between Finn and Miz, but I see the club going over, and if anyone else goes over besides the club, I have serious concerns about the uh, longevity of the club, personally. They've been completely mishandled since they've had their Raw debut. Mm-hmm. It's time they start getting built up as a credible threat in the tag team division, so I think we need to see the club go over on this one. Um, and I think that would result in the Miz coming out on Monday Night Raw the following week saying, okay, you might have had my boys, but Finn, you can't have me. And that's the start yep. of the feud. So I'm hoping to see the club go over because, like I've said, they, they are a credible threat. Mm-hmm. But we will just if have to see. Whereas, let's be honest, the Miz throws, they're not going to be credible tag team champions ever. No. Uh, they're there for a reason, and that's kind of the back up the Miz. Yeah, I completely agree. Carl uh, Anderson is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world himself. Oh, 100%. Um, uh, and so, yeah, anything other than the club. Yeah. Um, since going into last year's WrestleMania, they went into last year's WrestleMania as champions. And since since they lost the titles at WrestleMania, they've done nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know. So, yeah. something's got to change, hopefully. I, I hope so. Um, I'm a big fan of Gallows and Anderson from their New Japan days. I think they're a fantastic tag team severely underutilised mm-hmm. when Luke Gallows was back at WWE. He's had a number of runs at WWE with different sort of characters, gimmicks. It's nice to see him come out as his own character with his own sort of, his own gimmick, his own credibility. Um, and I think that 
he should be pushed forward as a as a tough bastard, um, along with Carl Anderson. I'd love to see Machine Gun Carl Anderson come back. Definitely, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I can. I, I don't think uh, the WWE. I mean, they changed. They took uh, Apollo Cruz's last name because it was the same name as a shooter. I think yeah. having Carl uh, Anderson stand in the ring and make, mimic that he is shooting a machine gun towards the crowd yeah. could potentially be off WWE's limits. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. It's uh, certainly not the PG Gallows and Anderson um, that WWE is trying to shove down people's throats at the minute. But that that's. That's kind of where I fell in love with the tag team yeah. uh, back then. And, you know, if they can incorporate some of the stuff they did when they were back in the Bullet Club, I'd love to see that. But, yeah, that that kind of addresses the outstanding point for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view match. That leads us on to our next subject. Um, Slug, I think Superstar Shake-Up. That's, that's right. Did you want to give us a little bit about this one? Superstar Shake-Up. Um... It's been rumored that it's going to happen. We've had the same rosters for going on two years now, so it's, some say, overdue. Mm. I would say overdue. Yeah. We need something to happen. It's kind of upsetting that it's not going to happen before WrestleMania, as that kind of makes me believe that the WrestleMania matches are going to be Raw Superstars versus Raw Superstars and SmackDown Superstars versus SmackDown Superstars. We've already seen so many combinations of those kind of matches and it it seems like wrestlemania is the time where you can throw something together that's new something that's fresh something that's exciting i don't know how exciting it's set up to be right now just thinking about what matches could possibly come up out of smackdown superstars and raw superstars but there has been rumor of two significant stars on both brands switching and that is AJ Styles coming over to Raw and Seth Rollins going over to SmackDown, which interests me because clearly SmackDown Live has been the house that AJ Styles built. It's been his show. He's been the main aspect of it. That could be fantastic for Seth going over there if he takes it over and it becomes the Seth show and he has more free reign to be more creative with his character, possibly see a heel turn. Because we all love heel stuff. And for AJ to go over to Raw and possibly feud with uh, Finn Balor or several other superstars over there. So that is definitely exciting to see. What would you guys think about that kind of shakeup happening and AJ for Seth kind of deal? I mean, I'll jump in first. I mean, on the prediction video, I went on to say that. I, I see Seth Rollins going over in the Elimination Chamber because of uh, rumours of him going into a feud with Reigns, the other side of WrestleMania, when Reigns becomes the Universal title holder. Um, to be fair, I, I would quite like Seth Rollins to stay on Monday Night Raw, especially given the fact where he's got this new T-shirt come out, Monday Night Rollins. Um, he's trying to really push himself as one of the main main uh, superstars of, of Monday Night Raw. So I'd be a little mm-hmm. bit gutted to see him move, although I can see that there would be a lot of potential for him to move over because that would ha- allow him to be sort of pushed as a, a main event champion. You know, there's there's opportunity for him to go in and take the WWE Championship. Um, I think once AJ Styles, if this is uh, an accurate rumour, 
of him moving over to Raw, like you say, that gives a good opportunity for him to enter into a, a feud with Finn Balor. But that also gives Seth Rollins the opportunity to enter into a feud with Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens is the sort of person that would jump in and say, this was never the house that AJ Styles built. This was the Kevin Owens show from day one. And then that gives Seth Rollins the opportunity to come in and say, whoa, no, it's not. This is the Seth Rollins show. And that ends as a fantastic feud. I think the two of them are very capable of putting on a very good series of matches. Um, you could see the title changing between the two of them. I'd like to see Kevin Owens return to the main event scene. Um, I think he is definitely a main event contender. Fantastic heel. Fantastic heel. Um, but we just have to see where things lead. Um, I mean, what what about you, Shock? What do you think? Um. It's, I think it's good and bad. From what I've read, uh, obviously, if, if everything goes as predicted, then Roman Reigns wins the Elimination Chamber, he breaks Brock Lesnar. And so my, my fear for AJ is the reputation he's built up, thanks to being on SmackDown, um, could be damaged from going from number one on SmackDown to number two on Raw, because he he would be Roman Reigns number two. That's clearly who they're going to push, I think, post-WrestleMania season. I think it's, it'd be good for Rollins from a creative standpoint, even though SmackDown has creatively been absolutely appalling to the point that WB apparently quite and quite concerned about it themselves um, but I still think it's good for the main event it's like AJ does kind of get quite a lot of free roam I think to have a bit of you know in, in terms of he gets a lot more time than I'd say the Raw champion does obviously because he's never on TV um, but so yeah so I think it'd be good for Seth but I don't think it'd be good for AJ to move to Raw personally mm. uh, so yeah, uh, it, it um yeah pretty much that I, I'm pref- uh, going with that I think uh, whoever stays on SmackDown whether it be AJ or Seth has the better deal because I think the whole of 2018 is going to be focused very much on pushing Roman Reigns back into that number one spot. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. What about you, Seconds? Um, so. I mean, I'm a bit of a mark for uh, Seth anyway, um, as well as AJ. So I would like Seth to go SmackDown, but I want AJ to stay on SmackDown. Um, obviously, I know, like you said, the uh, the new T-shirts come out for Seth Monday Night Rollins. Um, obviously, Seth looks like he's being primed, like primed, ready to to go for another like title run at some point. But I would like it to happen on SmackDown and having a feud against AJ. Maybe throw Shinsuke into the mix uh, just after Mania. Have something that sort of build like that. I think Seth as a number two on Raw, it cuts like it's okay, but it's not that bad kind of thing. Like it, it could be better. But if he was to be the number two on SmackDown, it's going to be a lot more entertaining. Do you know what I mean? He's been on solid on Raw for two years, so him going to SmackDown, I think would literally switch him up. If he was to become heel as well, it's mm. perfect. Um, yeah. So yeah, Firstly, I think I, I'd have to see them both on the same show. Yeah, a, definitely. Quite a long, a long feud. Um, I agree with what you said about Kevin Owens, even though he kind of is in the main event on SmackDown, he's not really featured as much as he was as the Universal Champion on Raw. Um, and it would be nice to see him get a prolonged kind of feud with the top title contender next year as well. Mm. I, th- I think Seth Rollins versus AJ would be a really good feud for SmackDown. It would, yep. it would. But equally, I think the this kind of gives an indication on what we're going to see at WrestleMania between AJ and Shinsuke that... AJ is actually going to drop the title to Shinsuke, mm. which would then give AJ the opportunity to swap brands over to Raw, which will um, obviously allow him to enter into a feud with 
potentially Finn Balor and a whole range of other superstars on the Raw uh, roster. So, you know, I think there's potential in any direction that they go with. I think we're all pretty unanimous here that it doesn't really matter which show AJ is on, he is going to be putting on incredible matches. He can take the best out of any superstar. He, he could come in and he could have a match with, say, I don't know, um, Kurt Hawkins, and it would probably be the best match of Kurt Hawkins' career. Um, because he, did with, he just did with Ellsworth. He had a great match with Ellsworth earlier in the year. Yeah, exactly. You know, he has that capability. Saved his life. So, Saved Ellsworth's life during the match, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, whilst Ellsworth is no longer with WWE, it's gone on to propel him within the indie scene for a whole range of different promotions and different championships. Oh, mate. He's currently big, the big time. intergender champion. Intergender round, champion. He, he, yeah. I mean, he made the title, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the co-champion with Joey Ryan, isn't he? Yeah, he goes to explain a lot of things about James Ellsworth, doesn't it? But, um, well, they'll tell you what, he's definitely the IWC Universal champ. Yeah, boy. Only number one. Yeah, but I tell you what, it would be nice to get some kind of shocking shakeup with the superstars for sure. And like you said, one thing we can definitely be expecting to see at WrestleMania is a fantastic match between AJ and Shinsuke for the title. And another thing that we are guaranteed to see, shockingly enough, at WrestleMania is Jeff Jarrett being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Who saw that coming? Any of you? God, no. I never saw that coming in a million miles. Um, when that news broke last Monday, it did take me by surprise. Um, and when I shared it across the group chats, I know that a lot of people were saying, is, is that a real picture or are you having us on? I was like, no, this this is a genuine, genuine news story that's come out from WWE today. Um, yeah, definitely took me by surprise. I personally think that there is an ulterior motive here, but I don't know what you guys think. Um, yeah, so uh, even though there were rumours building up to it, I, I was incredibly shocked because um, out of everyone everyone in the wrestling industry and there's a lot of people that have fallen out with triple h and vincent man um and have come back you know i would have put cm punk more likely to return to WWE than uh jeff jarrett i mean he was publicly fired on tv mm. like, i know vince has the your fired gimmick but i jeff jarrett was legitimately actually fired on tv like that's how bad it was you know there's the, the rumor that seems pretty likely that he got held up for money by jarrett Jarrett claims it was just money that was owed to him. You know, whoever, that's whoever you decide to believe. It'd be interesting to see what Jeff Jarrett was said if he would ask that question now. Um, now that he's kind of back on the, the good side of WWE, would he still hold his side of the story? Um, but, but yeah, that's that may never be found out, honestly, what happened. Um, but yeah, it was incredibly shocking because, it, I mean, yeah, it was virtually impossible. But like you said, an ulterior motive... Um, a lot of guys, TNA guys, have gone through, have been really close to Jeff Jarrett and gone to NXT and Triple H. And uh, one of the rumours I read was potentially he could be part of Triple H building, budding creative team he's building with uh, Jeremy Borash, etc. Yeah, there's definitely potential there. There's a lot of rumours around of Triple H trying to prepare for a, you know, a company-wide takeover, isn't there? So he's certainly trying to put his resources behind him. Circles, what about you with uh, Jarrett getting a Hall of Fame position? 
Um, so as you know, um, I've really I've been away for like a, just about a week. Um, I sort of dipped in and out of the chat. I've not really said much. Um, but I, I I thought honestly when you posted it, and I was like, that's a fantastic edit. I I, <laughs> I I was like, oh, that's incredible. Um, you know, that's the way to sort of make the page go viral. It's only when I double checked it, I was like, geez, like he's that's legit. Um, yeah, I, there's definitely a more of a reason behind it. Um, I mean, the promo package that they put on Raw was pretty good um, to sort of mention that it was, going, it was going to be an inducted and stuff. But I think there's there's more behind the scenes. There's a reason it's happening behind the scenes. I think they're using him as a way to now step forward into something else. Um, makes him maybe... Because is he still in charge of a GFW or Impact or whatever, whatever the hell it's called? Or is he not? He, he, um, he, he left... Um, I think there was some issues with his drug and uh, drink abuse and he went to how how, how this started was he went back to WWE sponsored rehab he actually Mm. got in touch with them to to be put into rehab cool Jeff Jarrett involved with drugs I mean that's that's breaking news there that's poor never would have seen that one (laughs) so uh, all right well that kind of changed but I still think there's I mean you give Jeff Jarrett sort of the the right people to build around, and and the co- companies can flourish. I mean, the TNA at first was great, mm. you know. So uh, I mean, GFW was really good at first. So it's not like he can't do it. It just there's a, something that just doesn't leap forward after that. So maybe that's going to happen, and he's going to be a part of uh, I don't know NXT, maybe behind the scenes or something. But I can see him being a part of WWE in the future. Mm. Um, so an induction for him is great. Um, I think you're right. I think the personal issues are the issue for him. You know, he has so much going on in the background. But yeah, I think we could see. I think I think we can see him being part of the NXT um, creative team or Triple H's team, and that quite nicely transitions us onto the next subject of the podcast, which is uh, before you do that. Yeah, um, everyone said what they uh, how the shocked they were at it. What I want to ask is, a lot of people have said. He doesn't actually deserve it. So, what do you do? You actually think he deserves it? Ooh. Absolutely. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He was a great wrestling character. His majority of his career, uh, whether he was bashing people with guitars, or you know, just he was just great at what he did. He understood his character to the fullest. He understood. Uh, the psychology of wrestling. He's a fantastic wrestling mind. He's done tremendous things for the industry and pushed it forward. I would argue that without Jeff Jarrett, uh, wrestling would look significantly different today than it does look. And whether people want to give him the credit uh, he deserves or not, I personally believe that he's a fantastic mind for wrestling and the good that he's done for the industry far outweighs the negative that he's done. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think that we can quite safely say that Jeff Jarrett has got the psychology of wrestling down. Um, he he has from day one. He like Slug says, he completely understands his character, his gimmick, and I, I, I he understands I, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, he does. And yeah, I I think I agree with Slug that actually without some of the stuff that Jeff Jarrett has been involved in or what he's done for the industry, wrestling today would look very very different. I I completely agree with Slug. Yeah, uh, myself, I agree too. Um, I'll tell you what, I was more of a fan of his work, um, the WCW stuff. Um, oh, WCW work is great. Yeah, so um, I'll admit, I didn't watch wrestling, as you know, uh, the first that I was WCW Mark at first, and um, then went to WWE. Sure. Um, 
and I was always a fan of the cruisers, but I don't know why, as much as I hated Jeff Jarrett, I had to watch his matches to see what he was going to do next. Um, you, you wanted to see him get his ass kicked. But I, yeah. I enjoyed his character, yeah. I don't know what it was, but he was immense. A lot of people criticise his WCW work because apparently he wasn't, you know, he, you know, he was he was at the top of the company when it was dying, um, uh, when it was he was at WCW, and you know it had already died basically. But he was, you still every week he put, I would arguably say one of the hardest working people in WCW on a weekly basis for that for last sure, yeah. year and a half they were in business. Yeah. Um, you know, he put in some really good work on and off the mic. He had a really compelling character. Um, and okay, people can joke that he he never drew a dime because you know he was only main eventer when it was dying, but he was still the most compelling character on a dying show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Now, speaking of compelling characters, one could argue that there is no more compelling of a character on NXT currently than Velveteen Dream. And currently, he's gotten himself in a little bit of backstage drama. Now, he has first tweeted out his discontent with indie guys coming to the company and getting pushes over him, being that he's an organic WWE product, been there his entire career, and followed that tweet up, basically trying to make it seem like it was a shoot and saying that the company's covering it up and making it seem like more of a work than it is and he's just kind of trying to air out his frustrations i personally am of the belief that this is just setting up an eventual feud with ricochet being that he's an indie darling uh, i'm doing the air quotes i know you guys can't uh, visually see this because as we spoke before water damaged girls phones the steroids the unbelievable pecs but so i think that's what's eventually going to happen is a feud with ricochet um, I think that it's a work. The entire thing is a work, and they're trying to get us again like they did with the Corey Graves-Booker T drama. Fool me once, WWE. Shame on you. But uh, I don't think they're going to get me this time. Although I do like what they're doing. This is I like the the direction that they're going forward with these shoot uh, work shoots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Do you guys think that this is uh, legit? You guys think it's just you know storyline stuff? Are you intrigued by it? What's going on? Well, let me let me just read out the tweets that you put out, just so that we can put some context to it. So the first tweet you put out said, "If I can shoot for a minute, I'm beyond irritated by indie guys coming into NXT, taking up spots, living out their dreams, pretending to be actual talent, or as we put it, superstars. I'm homegrown talent, and I breed success on my own terms. Reactions prove it. Facts are facts." If anyone under contract has issue with it, the dream is easy to find. Fave that. 24 hours later, he put out another tweet when people were sort of tweet- tweeting him back saying, you know, this is all a work and all this kind of stuff. But he come back with, less than 24 hours after airing my grievances publicly and they find a way to cover it up via an article. That was slick. Brush things under the rug, right? Wrong. Entertainer empowerment, that's what I'm fighting for. Where's my merch? Where's my main event? Why was I left off the USA special network uh, network special? Grace yourselves for article number two. So much hate. I hate independent wrestling. Now, I, I, I agree. I think this is eventually going to lead to a feud with Ricochet, but I actually think that those tweets were targeted towards Johnny Gargano. 
because mm-hmm. of the recent feud he's had with Almas, um, where, I mean, this is what, that was the third opportunity that um, Johnny Gargano had had at the NXT Championship. So I think that those are actually shoots again. He's gone now. He's gone now, but I think the point of the tweets was, hold on a minute, I am a credible NXT superstar here, yet I haven't had my NXT Championship opportunity yet. Whereas Johnny Gargano has come in with his indie background and has managed to get three opportunities without actually getting, um, you know, working for it. So I think it's more targeted towards Johnny Gargano, but I think you're right. I think it is ultimately going to lead to um, a match or a series of matches between him and Ricochet. But I I agree. I think the entire thing's a work. Uh, Yeah, I agree as well. I think it is definitely a work. Either that or he's, he's an absolute moron because... He's going to get fired for that. If that was a shoot, you know, he's just basically shot off at the mouth of the WWE, who who obviously love it when Pete, their own employees do that on Twitter. That normally gets you completely noticed. And pushed to the top. Um, yeah, as we all rush. So, so yeah, so it, it is 100% definitely a work. I agree with Slug. I like the idea of these work to shoot things they're doing. Um, I think it, it, it comes across quite cool um, and new and different. Um, and I like the idea of superstars using their Twitters to forward actual rivalries um but yeah no it's 100 percent a work i do think it, as you said it's the aim to do ricochet i don't agree with the johnny gargano thing i think it's more aimed at every single um indie guy that's come through nxt and been kind of rushed to the top while they just kind of walk past velveteen dream um <clears throat> you know he could re- he could read off the whole list of them you know there's pretty much every nxt champion for the past two years has has come just from an indie guy and being the main eventer within a couple of months. So I think it's kind of an overall picture from him of NXT, um, in in which case, yeah, I, um, I, I think it will lead to him and Ricochet. Um, Ricochet, yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I'll tell you what, I see it as a work, but at the same time, this is going to be a build of a heel Vel- uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, no, but the thing is, can, can you call him a heel when... The way he acts, like I love Velveteen. Like he, I don't, I don't class him as a heel. He's like, it's, what would you call him as? It's like an Austin type of. It was the bad guy, but everyone loved him. See, the problem with you know Velveteen I mean? Dream is he is, I suppose, categorized as a heel, but because he's so yeah. over with the crowd, he doesn't look like he's a heel because he's getting yeah. such good positive reactions from the crowd. But yeah, I, I agree with Shock. I definitely think he's a heel, especially because he's very yeah, cocky, that's fair isn't enough. he? He's a very cocky character. He, you know, he, he goes into every match thinking that he's going to absolutely destroy his opponent. I mean, look at um, NXT Takeover where he took on Cassius Ono. You know, he was going to floor him within thirty seconds. I think he said before the match. So you yeah, know, he's a very confident character. But um, I, I think that he's he is a heel at this stage but I see where you're coming mm-hmm. from I think this is certainly to help build his character in certain 100% um, I think I, I, I do agree um, I don't know I just feel like I think because I don't dip into NXT a lot um, when I get to see Volvertain and stuff he's very uh, he comes across as heel but Randy done that and he was a tweener for a very long time he didn't know if he was heel or face um, I guess it depends how you look at Velveteen. In general, I mean, I, yeah, okay, he's a heel, but I think he's a heel that's got, a, like you said, he's very over. Um, I, think, I think the problem so, is NXT wrestlers. If you if you put on good matches, they give you positive reaction. Like yep. they they enjoy good wrestling. 
Like Lars Sullivan is is a heel. He just kicks the crap out of people, but he kicks the crap out of people and he now gets cheered. But he's meant to be a heel. He's meant to be a complete heel, but he's not because he's he's entertaining the crowd. Genuinely, mm-hmm. heels for NXT are generally the people that can't wrestle for shit. Yeah, but I do think this is going to be a thing. And I, what I would like to happen is Velveteen never actually gets and wins the NXT title. Um, I think that will. And I, and I know it's a bit of a hard shot, but I, I think if booked the right way, it could be like the next gold dust. He doesn't have to touch a big title to be a known character. Because let's face it, he's a character. That's that's a proper gimmick. Like, for example, John Cena is just is not a character. You know what I mean? He wasn't. I had the Fugonomics, then moved on. But the Velvet team, the way he comes out with the Prince style, and, and all, it is so much of an in-character thing that I don't think he'd actually have to touch the NXT title to be remembered in NXT. Mm, I mean, and I, I think that's what they're going to do. I reckon. I I understand where you're coming from. I mean, it's, Velveteen Dream doesn't meet the certainly to Vince McMahon's expectations. Yeah. A WWE champion, but mm-hmm. to Triple H, I think he does because he, um, you know, he's a good worker. He is a very captivating character. He draws the crowd in. I think I agree that actually I don't think I could see him as the WW uh, sorry as the NXT champion, but I think he has got um, grounds to be the first American UK champion. I think he has the grounds to take Pete Dunne's championship off of him, because that's mm-hmm. that's almost the mid card championship for NXT, isn't it? The the UK championship. It's, it's almost positioned well, that apparently. Way. Apparently, so I I think he could. I, he's certainly deserving of a championship run, but I'm not sure whether it's going to be the NXT Championship. I don't think that he will have the full WWE backing behind him as the face of NXT. Yeah, and also um, the way he acts. Let's say, for example, as it's as he said in the uh, the tweet, he said he's an organic, basically homegrown talent, right? Um, so the way I would look at it as He's still acting like a rookie kind of thing. So I'm not saying that he, he isn't because he's got great, like, I mean, how, how long has it been since he's been actually a superstar? Two years or something? Because he come from tough enough, didn't he? Mm, he did, yeah. It's only yeah, sort of so, like the last 12 months he's really sort of had any yeah. kind of push as a solo competitor. And I think if they use that in his gimmicks. For example, he's still sloppy in ring, but they use that as a way of pushing him on to show that every match that we see, the big match that we see, um, on NXT a pay-per-view, you see he's progressing better and he's getting better. So they're using that. So I'm hoping that they don't push him too fast because if they look make him all crisp and clean, then that's not going to be the Velveteen that we've had recently. And I don't want him to get stale by, by them doing that. So that's my only... That's why I don't want him to touch the NXT title because I think the minute he's accomplished that, he has to go up and then that's where he will get lost in the shuffle. They have to keep him down and let him build and then chase it and chase it and then never get the chase. I never win it at the end. The next NXT champion that's going to hold the belt for a significant amount of time is going to be Aleister Black. 100%. It needs to be Aleister Black. He is the one. He has everything you could possibly want your champion to have. He needs to be the face of NXT with Adam Cole down there, putting on great feuds between them. Him and Velveteen put on a great match together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you guys are right that Velveteen is not 
destined for the NXT title if he is. It'll be for a short reign. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him when he moves up to the main roster and works that heavy schedule to see if uh, if he can still maintain this level of hype with the main roster crowd and maintain his health working that hectic schedule. Yeah. Now, and especially, and it's funny that he's calling out the indie guys because, as we know, the indie schedule can be quite hectic as well. Not nearly as demanding as the WWE schedule, but we all we see New Japan stars and Ring of Honor stars, especially recently, week in, week out, putting on insane matches across the entire globe. In fact, New Japan is currently on a tour I... I think we've lost Slug for just a moment there. I forget where. I'm sure. Yeah, I think Slug has yeah. uh, left the building. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we've just lost Slug for a moment. But what what Slug was, um, I think, going on to explain was the um, the recent news in the New Japan Pro Wrestling um, brand. Ah, um, oh, Slug, you, you've come back. I, I was just. Yeah, Sorry about that. There was uh, some technical difficulties. I had sponsors trying to call in and get through to my line as usual. I'm busy right now, guys. Okay, if the contract is two million or under, don't call my phone. All right, we've been over this. Sorry, guys. Okay, what I was trying to say is, New Japan is currently on the tour. Where's that tour at? Does anybody know? Uh, it's, uh, it's they've done they just did the two dates in Kurigan Kurigan Hall, um, which is the usual uh, one of the oh. usual haunts. Uh, oh, it was the Ring of Honor one though. They were yeah, on, yeah. So it's uh, on a rising. Uh, they New Japan's tour starts in two weeks time uh, at the start of March, but they did the two on a rising dates where Ring of Honor come to. It was most of Ring of Honor's uh, roster wrestling this past weekend. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. It's really turned into the Bullet Club being the elite show. Mm. yeah it has like what i mean does anybody have details and want to inform the people who may have not seen over the past couple days what exactly is going on sure so Um, the most recent of matches over the last 24 hours was um kenny omega and kota ibushi who took on cody and um, Marcy Scroll, um, which led to Kenny and Ibushi going over, and Kenny giving a promo after the match, which he said that he and Kota Ibushi, who are also known as the Golden Lovers, are the best tag team in the world. Now, that caused a lot of concern and friction between them and the Young Bucks, who, uh, who during the promo, came out to confront Kenny Omega, who the Young Bucks went on to say, actually, we're the best tag team in the world, and uh, we're entering ourselves into the IWGP heavyweight tag division which is yep. a bit of a, a big announcement for the Young Bucks because they've always been known as junior heavyweight tag team championships. They've had that kind of 
almost restriction in the Bullet Club that they would have to stay in that division. So they've they've kind of had enough. The the promo from Kenny Omega sort of pushed them to say, actually, no, we've had enough of this. And it's quite a surprising turn from the Young Bucks because throughout the entire ordeal between Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, they've they've almost been backing Kenny Omega throughout this entire ordeal. Up until when they come out and confronted Kenny Omega, I think they got quite upset, they got quite offended. And I think this has almost pushed them to Team Cody. So it's, it's quite an interesting turn from the Young Bucks. But um, Shock, I know you're quite involved in New Japan. What, what were your takes on this one? Um, well, going into the weekend, uh, there was a hell of a lot of questions on the Bullet Club. And it's um, been a lot more basically come out of it because there's still a question of who is the leader. Uh, the first night when um, it was Cody, Marty and Adam Page uh, versus Abushi, Chase Owens and Omega. Um Team Cody got the pinfall. Adam Page got the pinfall. Um, they all went to the back and Cody was out uh, in front and he said, the Bullet Club is fine. The Bullet Club is mine. Um, now, this, that leads a lot more questions because obviously you've got Kenny, also potentially the leader, Chase Owens, who was in the Bullet Club, was against Team Cody. Um, you've also got the questions over the Tongans, the, the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, Tong has been sending out tweets saying uh, he's not on either side. Uh, so in terms of the, the Bullet Club, at the end of the weekend, there's a hell of a lot more questions. I think what's for I, sure is Kenny Omega is not in the Bullet Club. It looks like he is uh, 100% focused on the Golden Lovers. Um, it looks like they're going to have a bit of a feud with the Young Bucks in Japan before one of those teams goes for the heavyweight tag team championships. Um, and and yeah, I from the Bullet Club standpoint, I don't really know because... Cody is an ROH wrestler, and the truth is Bullet Club is the New Japan stable. So how can Cody be the leader of a New Japan stable when he isn't actually technically a New Japan wrestler? Well, I just want to say really quick that if Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns had a baby, it would be Tama Tonga. <laughs> I, 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 I do like Tama Tonga. I've got to say, he is, he is a bad man. But I think this gives them uh, Tamatonga the opportunity to kind of come forward and say, actually, no, um, you know, I'm 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 Bullet Club OG. I'm going to take over. Um, he certainly seems to be having, um, you know, that kind of message in any sort of uh, whether it's being the elite or whether it's New Japan or whether it's a promo that he's cutting. His his alliance isn't really clear where where he where he supports at the minute. So I think now that sort of Kenny Omega has crossed the line with the Young Bucks, I think that gives Tamatonga the opportunity to come forward and say, hold on a minute, this, this is my club. This is how yeah, I'm going to take it forward. I think the Here's... biggest questions are, are are about the being of the Elite series because it's growing to the point where it's it's huge, but the it, they're all huge. Like uh, There are talks of it being put on a larger scale and people actually bidding for it. Um, and so it kind of leaves a lot of questions when it comes to that yeah, because... The truth is, the way I see it at the moment is there is going to be the Bullet Club, which is going to be Tamatonga, the Tongans, and it's primarily just going to go back to a New Japan stable. You're going to have the Golden Lovers, and then you're going to have, I guess, being the elite, which is Paige, Cody, Marty, and the Young Bucks um, going off kind of onto their own little stable, really. Yeah, well, see, here's my issue with Tamatonga being the leader of the Bullet Club. I feel like if you're going to be the leader of a faction as popular and as big as the Bullet Club, 
you need to be a viable contender for the IWGP heavyweight title. If Tamatanga had a singles match against Okada, do you honestly see him as the one after this historic reign being the one to dethrone Okada for the title after he's beaten Naito, he's beaten Omega numerous times, he's beaten everybody. No, I can't I personally see, see him being the one to dethrone it. Yeah, no, the, the answer question is no, I don't see it happening. But I would like them to see to start building Tamatonga up as a viable threat. Mm-hmm. He's been in the G1 the G1 the last couple of years and he's actually had really good showings um, and he's mm-hmm. got really quite, quite big pinfalls over the likes of Suzuki and other people and I'd like to see them maybe potentially use this this year's G1 climax to to push it push him again and and have a really good showing and then he comes out as you said looking like a viable leader yeah. and it it becomes a bullet I see him as more of a viable challenger to Jay White's IC title. AC, that seems, or not IC title, not IC title, but sorry. Or even the IC, I could see him as a viable US or IC title champion, but for some reason, just I can't, in my mind, vision Tamatanga holding the uh, heavyweight strap for New Japan because, it, I mean, he is a fan. I love Tamatanga, yes. don't get me wrong. I love all of Bullet Club, definitely OG Bullet Club for life, but uh, I just, it's just so hard to see him as that main yeah. guy for New Japan, because think about it, he's going to be the face of that, co- whoever holds that belt is initially the face of New Japan. Mm-hmm. After going from Okada, can you go to, Ta- can you go to Tama Tonga? No, I, I, I agree, like- as, as things stand at the moment... Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. There's no footing there for Tamatonga to challenge Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. But I think this gives him the opportunity to help build him as a solo competitor. Yeah, yeah, know, like like said, yeah maybe a year down the line, it gives him the opportunity to ch- uh, challenge Jay White for the US um, Heavyweight Championship or the uh, Intercontinental um, IWGP Championship. You know, th- there's so much yeah. potential there for him to build yeah. as a solo competitor. We're not saying that he's going to take charge of the Bullet Club and immediately go off to take on um, Akada. I mean, look at Kenny Omega. For the last few months, Kenny Omega has been the US Heavyweight Championship. He's not been the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, has he? He's he's held IWGP no. mid-card championships. But, but he, it's always been thought on the entire like IWC scene or whatever, everybody just assumes that he's going to be the next guy just because he seems like it. I mean, he's speaks yeah. fluent Japanese. He seems like he's going to be the next guy. But when you look at Tamatanga, you just don't get that same feeling. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, between the two of your, your points is, is quite a good one, which is, uh, uh, um, as you said, uh, he doesn't, uh, OC, you said he can, he can build up to it. Mm. And I think that's what you can see because the truth is when you say he doesn't look like a viable contender, I think the reason that Kenny Omega is having this run with Ibushi as a tag team is because they don't plan to take their title off Okada anytime soon. Mm. And if they do, it'll be uh, Tetsuo Naito. Um, They're the two. Yeah, I'd like to see Naito win it, but um, I I don't think, I think that's the reason they're doing this Golden Lovers reunion is because the truth is, is that Kenny Omega doesn't have a space in the the main event picture at the moment. Um, And they don't want to waste his, his talent. And he's, he is, he's a celebrity in Japan. Yeah, and clearly, if the Golden Lovers are obviously a thing moving forward, eventually they're going to meet up with G.O.D. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not that many tag teams in the heavyweight division. They're eventually going to meet up with G.O.D. 
They're eventually going to meet up with the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Probably another match you with Cody and as well. You've got uh, the Young Bucks meeting up with G.O.D. I mean, they they, yeah, they primarily split. G.O.D. were the heavyweight tag team, and Young Bucks were the Bullet Club's junior tag team. Yeah. So they're yeah, moving up. Is, they're they're yeah, going in G.O.D.'s is, territory. And the big winner here is New Japan, because let's be honest here, after War Machine left, the heavyweight tag division was going to suffer. It was going to become stagnant compared to the uh, juniors. The juniors have uh, Yo and Show, Rapungi 3K now. That looks like it's going to be their division now. Perfectly capable of that. I'm looking forward to see what they do going forward. Now the tag division has all this promise set up for the year. The New Japan heavyweight tag division is going to set the wrestling scene on fire. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Sekots, you haven't had a chance yet. What, what are your thoughts on this, mate? Well, okay. Anyways, his uh, audio is not coming through. I'm not sure if he realizes that or not. But we are going to go ahead and carry on either way because this is passion for wrestling and you people deserve a goddamn podcast and that's what we're going to do for you people. (laughs) Now, other than New Japan and all the previous talk that we had, the Superstar Shake-Up, Rollins, AJ, Jeff Jarrett, and Velveteen Dream, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on? No, I mean, the only thing that I kind of wanted to touch on is um, some news that has literally just come on my phone. Um, What's that? Which is um, some leaked footage of Ronda Rousey training for um, her WWE's in-ring debut has just come, you know, just surfaced. And looking at it, it looks as though it's quite impressive, actually. Um, You know, I don't think there was going to be any issue on capabilities from Ronda Rousey. Um, You know, I've seen that there's there's an armbar in there as well, which is kind of expected, given Ronda Rousey. But, um, yeah, it looks as though it's quite promising, but... What do you guys think about um, when she's going to have her first in-ring debut? I mean, do you think that they're really going to wait until WrestleMania to give her the opportunity to wrestle, or do you think they're going to give her the opportunity to wrestle prior to the show of shows? Well, well, first off, Rob, is a can we get an audio check from Rob real quick? Yeah, uh, I'm having a really bad connection. Okay, I'm not sure if you can hear me. Yeah, we got you. Okay, we can hear we can hear you now though, bud. So yeah. the, uh, Sorry, I'll do yeah, hundred percent because potentially if Ronda Rousey could be bad, why why would they want it to lose that on free TV? Because they've got the at the moment it'll be the question mark. It's the you know it's the theory of what you what you'll see. People will buy WrestleMania to see Ronda Rousey. Mm. They won't give that away on free TV. Her debut will be built up. It'll give it'll get the full however many weeks to WrestleMania build up after tonight. Um, most likely mm. in a, a mixed tag with. Um, Triple H and Stephanie, so that her in-ring uh, capabilities are limited. Mm. She doesn't have to do work. Yeah, I mean, at the minute, it seems as though her in-ring ability—sorry, in-ring ability—is being um, sort of kind of assumed on her UFC capabilities, isn't it? It's, it's she's not being given the opportunity to come into a WWE ring, absolutely obliterate opponents, and then move on to WrestleMania. It's it's kind of you know, she she is known as a credible threat from her USB, UFC career and she is going to have a good match at WrestleMania regardless of actually what her her wrestling in-ring ability is going to be like. But, Sekots, what, what did you think about 
Um, Rousey, do you think that WWE is going to give her the opportunity to wrestle prior to WrestleMania? Um, I don't you know. What? I don't think they're going to give her the opportunity to actually wrestle per se, but there's going to be something that she does to build um, a story of some sort. Mm. Um, so she's going to get physical, but I don't think it will be the way that we're thinking of. She'll be have a match or we're she'll do something get like that. Physical, physical. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I generally think like she'll either cost a match or she'll do a submission or something because uh, have you seen the video of her doing the armbar yeah yeah see my only gripe now i mean can't make say if i'm wrong but if she's training in a wwe ring or a wrestling ring of some sort why in that video is there four ropes and not three so i, I think that's just because um, it's a training ring so yeah so the the, the uh, what i believe is that footage isn't from the performance center it's it's mm-hmm. her own personal gym which which would have been rigged up for for that, and it would have just been a, uh, you, you know, her ring previously used yeah. for fighting. Like, in so, because it, it looks like a Muay Thai kickboxing sort of ring with the four ropes. Yeah, so um, I think it's purely just her own equipment, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because um, I think as well the the video is quite blurry, so it doesn't do it much justice. And I think maybe it could be intended to be that way, so we can't really see much of what's going on. And We'll go from like we'll, we'll finally see what happens, but I reckon she was going to get um, and a build up to Mania. Um, and quite frankly, I don't know. And the thing is, there's so much speculation about who or who she isn't going against that is still up in the air. So I don't even think they know yet. They just know that they've signed her. Um, yeah. Which I'm looking forward to, especially at Elimination Chamber, because uh, that's when she signs her contract to say right. The worst thing they could do for. Her is to have her very first match ever be for the title. Fans are going to be pissed about that. It's the wrong way to start her off. Yeah. If her match is, in fact, with Triple H and Stephanie at WrestleMania, the only way that would make sense is if she ragdolls the shit out of Stephanie and assaults Triple H because Stephanie is not a wrestler. She hasn't re- I don't even remember the last time she was in ring other than when she took that spear from Roman uh, Reigns. Uh, Against and sorry, go ahead. It was against okay. uh, Brie Bella uh, a couple of years ago. Okay, so the only way, because clearly, if Ronda's in the WWE, she's not there just to be another talent. She's there to be booked as a monster. She's not just going to take wins and losses. She's going to start on a major win streak. And if you're going to book her as somebody uh, being a viable threat to Asuka then she can't have a competitive match with Stephanie McMahon in any imagination of it. Oh, I don't think she does. Yeah. I, I Rob, think get your pussy off the screen. <laughs> I think, uh, that, that's, uh, that's why it's a mixed tag. It'll be Triple H versus another competent wrestler, and there'll be a few spots at the end where she makes Stephanie tap out. I don't think... It, Ronda Rousey won't have a wrestling match. Uh, example. I mean, yeah, because think about this: how many matches in the UFC did she finish girls in under one minute? If she lasts a minute with Stephanie McMahon, then that already discredits everything. Yeah, yeah. It just seems to me that Ronda Rousey having a debut match as a mixed tag team match against <coughs> Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, who aren't regular wrestlers now on the roster, just seems like a bit of a waste and an anticlimax yeah. to me. You know, well, I'd, I'd want I, to see her. No, I think I, I think what is because it's 
uh, this time it's this time of year really um for her to be ready for wrestlemania they they would be thrown i, I think as slug said it would be stupid throwing a title match and i yeah, think no, it would i agree with that throwing throwing a throwaway match as well i think a mixed tag team match gets the eyes on the product because if she got the rock for example which has been spoken about as a partner you know the rock and ronda rousey versus triple h and stephanie gets you know the publicity out there i think it's it's more of a publicity stunt than it is a ronda rousey debut i think long ronda rousey being a wrestling is a long-term goal as you said slug um she you know she's not just there for a cup of tea um, and she will be a monster, but I do think this WrestleMania is purely publicity and nothing else. Well, her contract yeah. is a long-term contract; it's not a short-term one. So, yeah. you know, she has has made it quite clear that she is there for the long term. So, you know, hopefully, this will lead to to other things moving forward. Yep. Cool. I mean, was there any other subjects that you guys wanted to address? No. Not from me. No. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up there then, guys. So, thanks for joining us again today, guys. Uh, we haven't got a podcast... Uh, sorry, we haven't got a promo for you this week, as we've done one on the prediction video. So, if you want to get involved... Yeah, if you want to get involved in the competition, there's a $50 Amazon gift card available. If you enter into the competition, you just need to guess correctly 10 consecutive promos, which will be airing on the podcast each week. The next one will be next week's edition. But if you want to get involved, just make sure you check out last week's uh, or the, the prediction video uh, slash podcast. Um, and Slug, do you want to just give us a quick reminder of the uh, sponsor for this week's episode? Yep, that sponsor of this week's episode is Kona Leashes, K-O-N-A-L-E-A-S-H-E-S.com. Go to them for all of your dog leash needs. Use promo code KL20 at checkout. That is KL20 at checkout for 20% off your total. And remember, with every purchase, Kona Leashes will donate one pound of dog food to local dog shelters across the US. Fantastic cause, something very near and dear to Slug's heart. And, you know, if mm-hmm. you guys feel the way we do about Slug, then you'll want to make sure that we are meeting his, you know, local local charities to make sure that we're, you know, keeping him on side. We won't want the Slug to be off. But We need uh, food. I got dogs, okay? Got dogs. I got dogs. Thanks for joining us, guys. Let me just give you a quick uh, recap of all the ways that you can contact us. So we've got um, the main Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash P4 Wrestling. We've got the Wolfpack page, which is facebook.com forward slash P4W Wolfpack. We've got the Twitter, which is at P4 Wolfpack. Um, Sorry, at P4W Wolfpack. We've got the YouTube channel, which is Passion for Wrestling. And we've got the Instagram channel, which is at P4W underscore Wolfpack. Please make sure you like and subscribe to each of the channels and leave us a comment for the podcast if you enjoyed it. Is there something you guys want us to, to talk about? Is there something that, you know, is... Do you have any burning questions for us that you want us to answer? We, we want to hear from you. So if you have anything, make sure you leave us a comment, send us a message, and we will make sure that we include it in next week's podcast. Anything from you guys before we wrap up? Just want to thank the good people for joining us today. Thank you guys. People have been fantastic. You guys have been pretty okay. I've been absolutely shredded for this episode. Thanks again to Robbie Sekots for sending me those good Swedish steroids, boy. They're flowing. You know it. 
It's been a too sweet episode. Anything from you guys? Nothing more from me. Secorts, thanks for joining us this week. Glad to have you back, mate. You have been greatly missed, brother. Greatly missed. Shock, thanks for joining us. Thank you. (laughs) Shock, thanks for joining us, buddy. I know we interrupted your dinner, but hopefully you uh, have some dinner left and it's not gone too golden. Slug, it's always a pleasure to look at that beautiful bearded face. Absolutely. You filthy marks have a too sweet day. And then we'll catch up with you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Woo! See you later.